Healing the inner child is one of the most important things you can do to completely transform your life and relationships. What we don't realize is that a wounded inner child can completely destroy our lives and make us feel unsafe in the world. And get this, so many of us have inner child problems, but we don't even know it because they are buried in us. In this video, I'm going to help you understand what the inner child actually is. Then I'm going to help you spot if your inner child is wounded. And then I'm going to share five key but actionable tips to help you heal your inner child once and for all. Coming up. This video is brought to you by the jewelry designer Tikladi. To get your own mala bead necklace like the one I'm wearing in this video, check out the description box where you'll find a 10% discount code. Hello beautiful soul, this is Christina Lopes, the Heart Alchemist, here to help you open your heart, heal your past, and live with purpose. If you're new to my videos, click on that subscribe button and also on the bell so you get notified as soon as I publish new content. And if you're on social media, follow me on Instagram where I share tips and advice in a different format than here on YouTube. All right, so in this video, we are going to be talking about the inner child. I've divided it in three parts to make it easier for you. In the first part, we are going to be talking about what the inner child is. I'm going to be answering that question. Then in the second part, we're going to go over some key features to help you spot whether your inner child is wounded or not. And then in part three of the video, I'm going to help you with five powerful but actionable tips to help you heal your inner child once and for all. Once you get done watching this video, let me know in the comments below if you feel like your inner child is wounded or you're having issues with the inner child let me know in the comments below okay let's get started with this video part number one is what is the inner child <laughs> now the term inner child was first coin uh, coined in psychology uh, by the psychiatrist the late psychiatrist Carl Jung and um, it, that's believed where uh, where the term inner child came from uh, as soon as Carl Jung kind of departed from his teacher Freud he started developing different theories and the inner child was one of the the term that he coined uh, in that time so this is decades old the actual concept of the inner child is view is used very prominently in psychotherapy so this is actually um, used therapeutically uh, in psychotherapy to be able to help people understand what their inner child is and how to heal it so from a psychotherapy, from a psychology perspective, there is a definition of the inner child and I'm gonna share that with you here, but then I wanna go deeper. <laughs> I wanna go deeper because if you don't understand the spiritual component of the inner child, you won't be able to fully heal it no matter how many years of psychotherapy you do, you use, right? Because the inner child, it doesn't just have a psychological component. The inner child has a very strong energy and spiritual component to it. And so you're going to need to understand that also. So, but first I want to get the definition, the psychological definition out of the way. So we're on the same page. From psychology, the inner child is simply a subpersonality of yours that lives in your unconscious mind. Okay, so it's considered a subpersonality, a part of you that is in the unconscious mind that you're not really aware of. Okay, so there's the psychology view of what the inner child is. And now I want to go a little deeper into spirituality. Okay, so yes, it's true from a from a broader perspective that the inner child does reside in your mind and components of it reside in your unconscious mind. 
But the key for me that has helped me heal my inner child and then in working with hundreds of clients, the key for me was to find that the inner child also has an energy house, <laughs> okay? So it's not just in the mind, but it's also it also lives in the lower three chakras, especially the first chakra. Okay, your inner child lives energetically in your first chakra. This is one that I'm gonna be talking about a lot in this video, because if you don't understand how the inner child lives in your first chakra, what the first chakra is about, and why the inner child lives there, you won't be able to heal it fully because you can't just heal it from a mind perspective, okay? All right, so if you haven't seen a picture of the chakras, here it is popping up. <laughs> these are this is the sev these are the seven main chakras of your of your body, the seven main ones. There are many more, but these are the seven main ones. And the one that is of particular interest for us when talking about the inner child is this red one here at the bottom. This is the base chakra, the first chakra. It's located at the tip of your spine, down in the pubic area. This chakra is so important with the inner child because this chakra is literally the foundation of your whole system. This is the first chakra to be developed in utero. This is your first primordial connection to creator or to God, to the universe. This chakra is also your base chakra for everything in your life, okay? So this chakra is literally the base of everything, the base of the whole system, and it's also where your inner child lives from an energy perspective. Now, I'm gonna share some key characteristics of the first chakra so that you can start understanding how the first chakra and the inner child, they kind of go hand in hand, they live together, all right? So let me just uh, share quickly some key characteristics of this first chakra so that you can understand understand it better because guess what? Ding, ding. <laughs> when I get to the steps in helping you understanding and healing the inner child, there's going to be some first chakra work involved. So it's good for you to know what this first chakra is about, uh, what it's really about. And there may be some characteristics here that you were unaware of, even if you do know about chakras. This first chakra is primarily has to do with security and safety, all right? This is your safety chakra, okay? So this first chakra is responsible for helping you feel safe in the world, helping you feel like you belong in the world. Um, this chakra is very, very intimately involved with feelings of physical survival, all right? And, and you can understand why, because as mammals, this first chakra is so important because we literally depend on our tribe in order to survive. Mammals would die if, if a mammal had a baby and just left it, it would die without any support from the tribe. This is very different from other species on planets like snakes or crocodiles or anything like that, where when a crocodile is born, when they hatch out of the egg, they're literally on their own and they can fend for themselves. It's not true with mammals, okay? We need our support system, we need our tribe, and that's what this first chakra is about. It's about not only feelings of safety and security in your body and in the world, but this is also considered the tribal chakra. So this is the chakra that initially programs you with all of key beliefs and programming that have anything to do with groups or tribes. So for example, it's in this chakra that you learn, that you first learn what love is. 
So if your parents are very loving to you or your caretakers are very loving to you, you receive that first imprint of what love is actually in the first chakra, not in the heart chakra, contrary to popular belief. Your first mirroring, your first example of what love is, is programmed in the first chakra and then it moves up from there. Okay. So this is the tribal chakra. You have very deep programming here. You have to remember that a child initially in the first phases of their lives, I would say the first five years of a child's life, they are actually in a hypnotic state, meaning that they take on whatever's going on in the world. They take it on and they learn by example. They learn by observing. They, their brain is in a hypnotic state, meaning that they can take in a bunch of information. Even if you don't think that the child is taking it in, it is. So this first chakra, it, it, it has so much programming. That's another characteristic of it. It has programming. That's not just of this lifetime. It has programming from your ancestry, from your family. It has beliefs and, and just uh, belief, entire belief systems. So an example that I sometimes give people is that if they grew up in a dysfunctional family, all of those beliefs that the family holds, they're going to be imprinted in that first chakra. And later on, even if your conscious mind says, you want to live a wonderful and happy life. You can say that consciously all you want, but if you are programmed with dysfunction in the first chakra, it's going to be very difficult for you to do that because those programmings need to be revisited and, and seen and healed. Another characteristic of the first chakra is that it governs not only your legs. So it governs your, governs your legs and feet, the, the lower part of your body, but it also governs your bones, all of your bones. So you see how important this first chakra is without your bones, you would just fall into a puddle, right? And so the first chakra literally gives you structure. Okay. It's also the chakra that's responsible for order and structure. So this first chakra likes to have order and structure in the world, not just within with the bone structure. Another characteristic of this first chakra is that it is responsible for your immune system. So very interesting because a lot of times, Times when clients reach me, they're having a lot of issues with their bodies. Some people are having autoimmune disease. Some people are having bone issues and right away by just their physical symptoms, I can see that they have a first chakra issue. Okay. So there's another characteristic of this first chakra. So you can see now that with all of these characteristics that I've given you, you can see how intimately involved this first chakra is and why it's the house of the inner child from an energy perspective because literally everything that the child learned and the way that the child experienced the world when she was born up until, you know, pretty, pretty late, I would say seven, eight, nine, they're still living very much in this first chakra, especially if this first chakra has been wounded, if it has been blocked, if it has any dysfunction in it coming from dysfunction in the outer world. So if there's dysfunction in this first chakra, the child will tend to stay in a first chakra consciousness longer than it's supposed to, because as we age, our consciousness starts to go up in the chakra system and we start to live one chakra after the other. But if we have, if we're stunted in our chakra development, then our consciousness remains lower. And so we see the world and live the world through the first chakra. This first chakra is therefore the, the foundation of the child's worldview. Okay. Now all of the beliefs. So she's going to start to take on the beliefs of her family. So if she has any trauma in her family, if she has any dysfunction in her family, she will literally take on the beliefs of her family because they will be embedded in this first chakra. But also the first chakra has a very, uh, 
primordial primitive way of seeing the world. The, the first chakra is all about body. Okay. So when a child lives in this first chakra consciousness, that that's natural. When we first come into the world, we live in our five senses. <laughs> so we touch things, we put things in our mouths. We're constantly eating dirt and <laughs> we're looking at everything. We're, we're, we're looking at the wonders of the world. So children very early on, they live in this first chakra by being very connected to their five senses and the five senses are connected to the body. And the body is all about that first chakra. The physicality is all about the first chakra. So as you can see, first chakra and inner child, they go hand in hand, in my opinion, you know, other teachers can have different opinions, but in my opinion, this first chakra is the home. It's the structure. It's the house where that the inner child lives. And this is where her primary beliefs and the way that she sees the world, this is where they are embedded. So a lot of times when we talk about inner child trauma, we can't just say inner child trauma. We have to also say first chakra trauma. So now you're going to know from here on in, you can't divorce the inner child from the first chakra. If there is inner child issues, there are most certainly first chakra issues. And there, if there are first chakra issues, there are most certainly inner child issues. They go hand in hand. And the way that this first chakra is programmed is going to either be programmed in a healthy way, or it's going to be, it's going to become dysfunctional blocked or just completely out of whack, depending on what's going on in the outer, in the outer world. This first chakra is very, very turned outward. Okay. There are some chakras in our system that are turned inward, but this chakra is turned outward because this chakra is the first one to develop. It's the one that's primordial and important in you coming into the world. Hello, I'm here. As soon as you come out of the birth canal, you're in first chakra consciousness and you stay there for quite a while because you're taking in the world. You're using your five senses. You're being programmed. You're observing your family, your caretakers and how you're being raised. You're observing whether there's dysfunction or harmony in the family. And that's all literally being programmed like a computer in your first chakra. If there's any type of dysfunction in the family, and I'm not just talking about severe dysfunction, function. You know, it's clear that if there's sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, it's clear that this first chakra is going to be completely messed up, right? Because that's pretty severe abuse. But what a lot of times people don't realize is that sometimes that dysfunction doesn't have to be that grave as sexual abuse to be considered and very traumatizing to the lower chakra, to this first chakra. Okay. The first chakra can be easily, uh, destabilized early on in your life, especially if there's, if this person, if the child is an empath or a highly sensitive person, which you likely are, if you watch my videos. So the more sensitive you are, the more the likelihood that this chakra is going to be thrown off by any dysfunction. So it, it could be things like your parents not getting along. They fight all the time. Uh, it doesn't even look like they love each other. There's just chaos. There's discussion. There, there's just fighting in the house. There's screaming all of this type of dysfunction. Even if it's not, even if it's not completely on top of you, like even if you're not being personally, sexually, emotionally, or physically abused, you're still receiving trauma because of all the chaos that's occurring in your family environment. But it doesn't just have to be uh, something loud like screams and fights and all of that. It could also be more subtle. So for instance, if, if you come into the world and your parents ignore you, 
Um, nobody pays attention to you. You're just playing by yourself. You're constantly by yourself because nobody pays attention to you. Nobody even realizes you're there. Nobody's giving you love. So you see, ignoring a child is also immensely traumatizing for this, this first chakra. So there are multiple things that could happen when you come into the world that can destabilize this first chakra. And if that occurs, immediately you have the creation of the wounded child. The wounded child gets completely destabilized the energy in this first chakra can either be blocked or destabilized. And then from there on in, we have stunted growth, meaning that the growth of the other chakras, the growth of the child, both intellectually, mentally, and spiritually is going to be stunted because precisely because there's a lot of destabilizing stuff in this first chakra. And also aside from trauma, Let's say the example that I give a lot that people sometimes don't notice is you're inheriting programming, ancestral stuff that you are inheriting from your family, even if it's subtle and you don't notice it. So for example, let's say you were born into a family that was racist or you're born into a family that's homophobic. Okay. There's homophobia in their genes. They have a slight the dislike of, of homosexuality or, or they're racist. This may not be completely outwardly pro programmed in you, but it certainly is programmed in your first chakra. So a lot of times when we grow up being in these environments and then we grow up and our conscious mind comes online and we start to make decisions and we become grown individuals, we say, no way. I'm not like my parents. I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. That's true to a certain extent <laughs> because consciously you can say I'm not homophobic or I'm not racist. And I'm just using these two as an example. It could be anything else. But consciously you can say, I'm not that, but guess what? Ding, ding, <laughs> that programming, that ancestral programming has been implanted in your first chakra and you're not going to get rid of it by just saying, I'm not a racist. I'm not homophobic. <laughs> you have to go into the first chakra, recognize the beliefs, heal them and let them go. And then the programming is gone. Okay. So these are some particularities of the inner child and the play of the inner child with the first chakra. So now that we've gone through the psychological definition of what the inner child is. And I've gone through a little bit of the, the play of the inner child with the first chakra. I now just want to give you a more spiritual definition of what the inner child is before we move on to part two of the video and the spiritual, the more spiritual definition I want to give you of what the inner child is, is the inner child is just that part of you, that energy component of you, <laughs> that part of you that is childlike, that is innocent, that's joyful, that likes to play. <laughs> just like a child. Okay. So that's literally what it is. But this definition you see is broader. It's the part of you that's playful, that's childlike, that, <laughs> that sees the world in wonder, that's excited, that likes to play. You see the part of you. So this definition is a little bit better because it's, it's not just constricted to the mind. It's the part of you, meaning <laughs> that it can reside in multiple areas. And it's that part of you. That's just, that's just this beautiful, this beautiful child that has this energy of innocence, of love, of just excitement, of joy, and that loves to play. Okay. So that's the general definition of it. And now I want to get to, um, part number two of the video, which is how do I know if my inner child is wounded or not? 
There are three easy questions that you can ask yourself um, uh, to spot whether your inner child is wounded or not. Okay, one of them we start we sort of already talked about in the first part of the video, but I want to go deeper in this. And the first question you should always ask yourself is whether you've had childhood trauma. So have I had childhood trauma? Okay. Now I went into this a little bit in in the uh, briefly before, where I said that trauma isn't just something overt like sexual, emotional, or physical abuse. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as that or as intense as that. It could be any type of dysfunction in your family, whether your parents were fighting, whether your parents didn't get along, whether you were ignored, whether you weren't loved and nurtured, if you just felt abandoned and you were just kind of left to do your own thing. Um, all of these types of things, this type of dysfunction can create trauma in your life. And if you have this type of trauma, you can be certain that that inner child is wounded. If you haven't done the healing work, I'm talking, I'm talking about if you haven't done the healing work, if you have done the healing work, then no, this isn't an automatic, your inner child is wounded because if you've already done this healing work, then your inner child can be in a, in a state of, of being healed and perfectly balanced. But if you have childhood trauma and you have not done healing work yet, then this is a good indication that your inner child is wounded. A few other questions that you can tack on to this. Did I have childhood trauma? There's a few other questions that you can tack on to dig a little deeper and figure out if you were traumatized by your childhood or not. Um, another other key questions is, did I feel safe as a child? So this is important for you to answer. Did I feel safe? Because remember first chakra safety and survival chakra, the moment you don't feel safe, your inner child is also stunted. Okay. So did I feel safe? Did I feel loved? Okay. Remember when I'm a child, especially early on, I feel love through my first chakra, not my heart chakra. <laughs> so the first experience that I have of love in this world is through my first chakra. So did I feel loved? Was I nurtured and cared for as a child? Did I feel like I belonged? Okay. So was I in a family where I felt like I belonged or did I, did I feel like a complete outsider in my family? Did I feel like a complete alien that just dropped into my family? No idea, no connection with the other family members. And I've actually had people say that they had multiple siblings and they literally, their siblings got along great with the, with the parents and the parents looked like they had, they had a great family unit going on with the parents and the other siblings. And the, and my client was kind of like, I was just completely left out. It was almost like I didn't belong to the family. Okay. So did you belong to your family? Did you feel nurtured, welcomed, and did you belong? These are, uh, these are all questions that are very pertinent for you to explore, to figure out if you have childhood trauma that that's programmed in this first chakra and that has therefore stunted your inner child and made it be wounded. The second question is how are my relationships? <laughs> now this is, this is so easy to spot a wounded child, a wounded inner child when you are in relationships, especially romantic relationships, because nothing, nothing triggers your wounded inner child more than a romantic relationship. And the reason is because romantic relationships force us into intimacy. And if we have problems with intimacy, if we have a wounded inner child, she's not going to let you become intimate because 
because intimacy is going to mean that she feels unsafe. She's going to start to feel unsafe with being close to another person because you know, she's going to have other fears come up. Like she's going to be afraid of the person leaving, abandoning, betraying them. So all of these fears come up in the inner child. If she has a first chakra that is uh, dysfunctional. Okay. So do an assessment of how your relationships have been up until now. Have you had wonderful partnerships and romantic relationships, or have you had difficult romantic relationships? And if they have been difficult or dysfunctional, you know, right away that you have programming in the first chakra that's causing the dysfunction and that your inner child that's wounded is also causing dysfunction in relationships because romantic, there's nothing, nothing will trigger an inner child more than a romantic relationship, especially if that romantic relationship is a very close one, like a soulmate or a twin flame or a sacred partnership. The closer the part, the type of romantic connection it is, the more it's going to trigger a wounded inner child. So if you find yourself having issues in relationships, then, then you know that this inner child is wounded. But also I want to, I'm going to add some other questions here that are important to pinpoint the problems. A lot of times what happens is the inner child will come out in relationships and she'll just be very immature, <laughs> just very immature. So you can start catching this in yourself. Let's say you're having an argument with your, with your partner and then say they say something and it really hurts you. And then you revert to being a child. You can actually catch this in yourself. I've done this multiple times. You can catch this in yourself where you start to, it's almost like you, you, you digressed into, into being a child again, that inner child will come up so much that you will, for example, you're, you'll either have a temper tantrum and start screaming at them or you'll shut down. That was my thing. That was my thing. My inner child presented itself in romantic relationships. I would shut down and I would just stop talking and I pout. <laughs> that, that was how I presented in romantic relationships. I would pout and I wouldn't talk. And sometimes I wouldn't talk to them for days. It was ridiculous. And that was my inner child coming out. Okay. So how do you behave in relationships when things start to go sour? Uh, do you, do you get into an emotional insecurity? Do you get into emotional immaturity? Do you have, you know, are you jealous? Uh, do you have jealous pangs? Do you have all of these things? These are all indications that you are emotionally immature in a relationship. And if you are emotionally immature in a relationship, it's because your inner child is wounded and you've got dysfunction in the first chakra. The third question to ask to figure out if your inner child is wounded. I'm sure you knew this one was coming because I've been talking about the first chakra a lot. So the third question to ask, uh, to know if your inner child is wounded is, is my first chakra balanced? <laughs> All right. So we've been talking a lot about the first chakra and the inner child. They go hand in hand. One doesn't go without the other. So if your first chakra is imbalanced, you'll know that your inner child is probably doing well. If your first chakra is not in balance, then you know that your inner child is wounded. Okay. Now, how do you know if your first chakra is imbalanced or not? Well, I've got a few different characteristics that'll help you spot right away, whether your first chakra is not in balance. And one of the first ones is, am I controlling? <laughs> okay. Am I controlling? There's another question. There's one of the first ones to ask because why do I say controlling? Because ding, ding, the key shadow aspect, what's called the shadow aspect of something, the shadow aspect just means the wound in something. Okay. So the biggest wound of the first chakra is control. Okay. Now why, <laughs> why is it control? Well, 
Remember that the first chakra is the chakra of survival and safety. That's its main function. So the moment that I don't feel safe in the world, I then develop a personality that's extremely controlling and the, I'm using control to try and keep myself safe. Okay. And this control can go to the extremes of a person becoming OCD. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that extreme. You can still be controlling in your life in various other areas. Do you like to control people? Do you like to control your environment? Does your house and your things have to be a certain way for you to be okay? Does your outer environment have to be a certain way for you to be okay? This is a key question to figuring out if you, if you're controlling or not, if you are controlling, if you have a controlling personality, then you can know right away that it's because you have dysfunction in this first chakra that needs to be seen and healed. Another question to see if your first balance, first chakra is balanced is do I fear abandonment? Okay. Here's another key question. If you are afraid of people leaving you, if you are afraid of abandonment and this can be abandonment can be, I I'm afraid of people leaving me, or it could be to the extreme of I'm afraid of people dying. I'm afraid of my loved ones dying. I've had people say this to me a lot that they, that they sometimes they, they freak out. They have this deep seated fear that the people they love are going to die. Okay. This is really fear of abandonment and fear of abandonment is a root issue of the first chakra. The third question is, am I afraid of getting sick? <laughs> so this can be, this could present itself in an extreme of you being a hypochondriac, but it could be just lighter people who are afraid of their physical bodies getting sick. This is an issue of the first chakra. Why? Because your first chakra is responsible, not just for safety and security, but also for your physicality. It's also responsible for your immune system. So when you start to fear for the safety of your body in terms of it maybe getting sick, this is an issue of the first chakra. So there's another question. Another question is, do I belong? Do I feel like I belong? So if you find yourself being an outsider, considering yourself an outsider or being an outsider as a child, if you feel like you really didn't belong in your family or whatever environment you were raised in, that's another, uh, that's another key sign that your first chakra is not in balance. Another question is, do you trust life? <laughs> this one's a key one too, because if your first chakra is balanced, you're very trusting of the world. You, you believe that you live in a benevolent universe. You believe you're being constantly loved and guided and supported. If your first chakra is off, meaning if you have ever felt unsafe in your world, if you felt unsafe as a child, it created dysfunction in that first chakra. And as soon as you have dysfunction in the first chakra, you are not trusting of life at all. You start to believe that, that the world is, is, is not benevolent, that the world is out to get you, that the world is dangerous, that you have to fight to survive. So these beliefs start to get ingrained the moment your first chakra is off balance and you begin to feel unsafe in the world. So ask yourself whether you trust, trust life, whether it's easy for you to go with the flow of life or whether you have to control things and fight for things. If, if the answer to this question is going to show you if you have a first, a first chakra imbalance. And then the last question is that I use to, to see imbalance in the first chakra is, do I have any physical issues or am I comfortable and my comfortable in my body? Okay. So this is really two questions. So let's go in two questions. The first one is, do I have any physical issues? Okay. So there's another question. Do I have any physical issues in my body, especially issues having to do with the bones or the immune system? So do I have an autoimmune disorder? Do I have an autoimmune issue? Do I get sick really often? Does my immune system just not strong? I just keep getting sick. 
and I get multiple colds or viruses or whatever a year and does that happen to me or more severely do I have autoimmune disorders do I have bone issues structure bone joint issues okay so do I have physical issues associated with these with these parts if the, if that's true you may it may or may not it doesn't always mean that if you just because you have an immune issue doesn't mean that your first chakra is completely off balance but it could show a, a lack of balance in the first chakra and then the last question is, do I feel comfortable in my body? Okay. Remember that the first chakra is all about the body. The more comfortable you feel in your skin, the more comfortable you feel in your body. That means the more balanced the first chakra is. If you don't feel comfortable in your body, if you're very, um, if you're very body centered in the sense that you're very critical of your body or you're very insecure about your body, then you know that this may be a first chakra issue. Okay. On to part number three of the video, and that is how to heal your inner child. Now that we know so much about the inner child and its association with the first chakra. Now let's get to healing this baby, <laughs> healing your inner child so that you can move forward with a lot more power and emotional and spiritual maturity. Okay. So I have some tips for you. My top five tips, um, we're going to get into really deep to help you, you know, create a sense of maturity within your system and heal this inner child once and for all. The first tip is to become aware of your inner child, which you're already doing by watching this video. So, so you're already almost there. Become aware of your inner child and begin a dialogue with your inner child. This is super, super important because a wounded inner child, this is the most important thing your inner child needs from you, whether they're wounded or not, actually. So here's a ding ding and a side note. The most important thing that your inner child needs from you is to be seen, heard, and loved. Okay. Seen, heard, and loved. That's what your inner child needs from you. The moment that you become aware of the inner child and you start to see them, to hear them and to love them, this is in what's in psychology is called reparenting. <laughs> All right. The moment that you start to acknowledge even the existence of an inner child, then it's no longer an unconscious phenomenon, right? Because the moment I become aware of something, it comes into my conscious mind. So the moment that I become aware of my inner child and I begin to love, see, and, and hear them, then, you know, that's already, uh, that's already, I was going to say like 90, maybe not 90% of the healing work, but maybe 70 or 80% of the healing work you're doing by just acknowledging and doing this, this first step. The second tip, you knew this one was coming. <laughs> the second tip is to do first chakra work, <laughs> first chakra healing work. You gotta do it. You cannot, this is where we, this is where I depart significantly from psychology and why I said in the beginning of the video that there's no way you can fully heal your inner child by only doing psychotherapy because the inner child is intimately connected with the first chakra. If this first chakra is off, your inner child won't be healed. So this is a multidimensional perspective here. So you can be doing psychotherapy. If you pair the psychotherapy with this spiritual work on the first chakra, then your inner child is going to heal. Okay. So how do we do first chakra work? Well, I've talked in multiple videos before about the idea of grounding. Grounding is essential first chakra work, and it could be something as simple as you taking your shoes off, taking your socks off and just putting your bare feet on the earth. 
you can start pounding, marching in place, pounding, especially your heels down. The more that you pound your feet, the more you are grounding your first chakra. All right. So it could be stuff like that. It could be any type of body work, like deep tissue massage too, is very grounding. Also anything that has to do with the physical part of who you are is very grounding for the first chakra. So grounding work is super important, but it doesn't just have to be actual physical work. You can do grounding work on the first chakra by doing grounding meditations too for the first chakra. All right. And so a grounding meditation is literally when you're just sitting meditation, you start to visualize that first chakra, and then you visualize either roots coming out of the first chakra and they go down deep into the earth and they ground or root in the actual planet. The, this type of visualization meditation where you're just literally visualizing roots coming out of your first chakra, going through the floor that you're sitting on and going right into mother earth. This is a very grounding meditation. And this type of visualization meditation helps a lot in grounding work. The next key to a first chakra uh, healing and first chakra work is uh, assessment of beliefs and programming. All right. We talked about that earlier on in the video. The first chakra is where all of your early childhood programming and not just early childhood, but programming from past lives from multiple generations before you. All of that is here, not just from your family. You have to remember the first chakra houses all programming for any group. So for example, this is where you have the codes for your race. This is where you have the codes for your gender. This is where you have the codes for your culture, your country, your religion. You see any type of belief system around a group is encoded in this first chakra. Well, if it's encoded at a time in your life when you're really young and you're in a hypnotic state and you don't have the intellect to be able to choose what you think is right and what you think is wrong, then guess what? You could be programmed with a bunch of crap that you don't believe in that you don't want in your life, but it's been programmed in your first chakra and it still resides there. So you have to do a reassessment of beliefs of ancestral energy. You have to do this in order to clear this first chakra completely. So figure out, write down what your family believed, what were the beliefs of your family? So the example that I gave before was that if you were, if you were born into a family that was uh, homophobic or, or racist, all right, write that down. I have these codes in me. Okay. And be very objective about it. This isn't a judgment on you. So if your parents or your grandparents or your family was racist, it doesn't mean that you're racist consciously, but it does mean that you have racist codes in your first chakra and those need to be healed and let go of, uh, to help heal not only yourself, your family, and the whole planet, these codes have got to go. So you have to be very objective about the codes and the beliefs that you received from your parents and from your tribe, whatever tribe it was, you have to be very objective and you have to ask yourself, which beliefs do I want to keep? Because not all of them are bad, right? We, we have tribal beliefs that are very good. You know, like, like the belief in society that killing someone else is bad. Okay. This isn't a bad belief. This is a good belief. That's good that you have that programmed in your first chakra, right? I shall not harm others. There's another belief that's generally exist in a lot of groups. So these are good beliefs. You don't have only bad beliefs, but it's the, it's the negative beliefs that are very detrimental to your life. And those are the ones that we got to get rid of. So you have to be very objective about asking yourself, which beliefs do I hold from my family, from my ancestors, from my culture, my race, my gender, whatever, what beliefs were, I, was I imparted with that I no longer resonate with and that I want to heal and let go of because they are not mine. And I don't want them in my energy system. All right. 
So you're going to assess these beliefs and then you're just going to do a healing meditation. It's very easy. You just do a healing meditation. You ask your guides to please help you and you state very objectively what you want to heal. So for example, going back to the racist thing that I used a little while ago, if you write down, I have racist codes in my first chakra because I was raised by racist parents. You're going to sit down. You're going to call on your angels. You're going to call on your team and you're going to say, please to my angels source energy. It's my intention today to heal these racist codes from my first chakra so that I could be free of these prejudices and move on with more lightness and joy. It could be something just like that, just like that. A statement just like that is enough to heal and cut these, these, these programmings that you really need to let go of, especially if you have a lot of detrimental beliefs coming from your family and from your ancestry. The third tip is to do mantra work. All right. So this is a great way to heal that inner child. Mantra work is amazing or affirmations. Uh, what you're going to do is remember when I said that, that the child really needs to be heard and seen and loved. <laughs> so the moment that you begin to talk to your inner child in a very loving way, she calms down. She, she, she comes into peace and she starts to get happy again. Like she's supposed to, and an inner child is supposed to be the joyful, innocent part of you, not the wounded part of you. She's not supposed to be wounded. And so the mantra work was really powerful in me healing my own inner child. And it's powerful in the lives of so many clients that I work with. And this can be very simple mantras or affirmations that you develop to talk to your inner child. When you feel like the inner child is getting anxious or trying to get into control because the inner child, when it's wounded, it really can take control of your life and it can completely destroy your life. All right. You don't want the inner child to take control of your life because it's a child part of you. The child part of you is meant to have fun, to play, to be joyful. The, the inner child part of you is not the one that's meant to be in charge. It's the adult part of you that's supposed to be in charge. Okay. So you really want to calm her down when you feel like she's getting riled up. Okay. And so mantra work is really important. It could be something as simple as everything is okay. <laughs> we are not in danger. You are safe. Oh, this one is so powerful. You are safe. You are loved. I love you. Everything's okay. You're going to be just fine. What do you need from me? All of these things you see, these mantras, these affirmations, they're imbued with a lot of love, a lot of care and a lot of tenderness. And that's going to calm the energy of the inner child very much. Affirmations were very powerful in my own life and healing the inner child. Tip number four for healing the inner child is guided meditations. <laughs> and you're going to find a ton of these. If you just, you know, go to the YouTube, uh, the YouTube search bar and just search for inner child guided meditations, you're going to find a ton of them, a ton of them. So I'm not going to give you any specific recommendations because just go out there, try different ones and see which ones fit for you. All right. What's important is the guided meditations for inner child work. They're so valuable because sometimes we can feel a little lost as to how to access our inner child, because sometimes it, the inner child could be so wounded that this is really hard work for us to do on our own. I've had clients reach me who've said to me, you know, I, I don't know how to talk to my inner child. I can't even reach her. She doesn't want to talk to me. I, I have no access to her. So sometimes the inner child is so wounded that she really recedes back into the depths of your psyche. She recedes back. She dissociates so much that she doesn't even want to talk to you. And so a lot of times the guided meditations, they really helped me to at least initially start my inner child work. And then I was fine afterwards. Then I could do the, the, the healing work more on my own. 
but initially the guided meditations were really powerful. So just find yourself some inner child guided meditations, put your headphones on, listen to the meditation and just listen to the person guiding you through connecting and heal with healing your inner child. This is really powerful stuff also. The fifth tip is to do integration exercises. <laughs> integration exercises are really important because I've talked in previous videos before about how really the inner child and all other uh, uh, traumatized components of us, a lot of times when we go through trauma or difficulties in childhood, we start to dissociate, all right? So we fragment. And when we fragment, whether it's in the inner child becomes wounded or any other aspect there, the crucial part of healing all of that is integration work. I have to bring all of my fragmented dissociated parts of myself back to me, embrace them and love them back into unity consciousness. So integration exercises are really important and it's very easy to do an integration exercise. You could just have some meditation music on and you could write yourself a prayer or an intention. Intentions are very decrees are very, very powerful because you have to remember you're a really powerful spiritual being, whatever you say out of your mouth, it's really powerful in the manifestation of your physical reality. So when you intend to heal something, it gets healed. <laughs> it gets healed. That's how powerful you are. And so a powerful intention that I love to work with, it's a powerful uh, intention that I use with integration exercises is you can just sit in meditation, put on some meditation music and, and write out a mantra that it could look something like this. Here's a good intention. You may want to write this one down or come up with your own, but here's an example of a good intention mantra. So it could be something like, I intend to bring my inner child and all of her painful wounds and experiences back into union. I intend to integrate all these parts now. I am so loved. I am so honored. It is done. <laughs> see, there's, there's multiple sentences here, but you see, this is an example of an intention mantra. I intend to bring my inner child back to me. I intend to integrate my inner child and all of her painful experiences. I intend to integrate it all, bring it into a state of unity consciousness. And so it is, I am healed. <laughs> okay. Something like that. So there's a good example of an intention mantra. Integration work is really powerful. Intending to integrate all the parts that have been fragmented, really powerful for healing the inner child. Okay. Now I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below, if you feel like you have a wounded inner child, or if you're having issues with your inner child, let me know in the comments below. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to my website and take my heart quiz to figure out if your heart's blocked. And over here, I've left you a YouTube live that I did recently where I did a grounding, a live grounding meditation. So you may want to use that to ground your first chakra. All right, beautiful soul. That's it for me. I am out.